God, I just plucked the longest eyebrow hair. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> oh, that was like almost a hair as long as my the hair on my head oh, that's disgusting that's disgusting i know oh dude. god you're disgusting maybe it didn't come from my eyebrow maybe it was just hanging out there oh god <laughs> hi everybody like, it's not nothing like my little chin hair that i have every once in a while okay okay <laughs> you actually want to get started don't you now i do <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good one. Gab, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm I'm starting off my new year as sober as I can possibly be. Um, I actually just came from the gym. I'm trying to get a little bit more fit. Uh, so I am drinking some chocolate milk because that's what Sydney LaRue and Kelly O'Hara tell me to do after working out. You're drunk on endorphins, bro. Drunk I'm on endorphins. drunk on endorphins. <laughs> Dude, my abs hurt so bad. Like, I didn't even know I had abs and they hurt. They're, They're in there. They're in there. They're they're in pain tonight. Um, what what are you enjoying tonight? A little eggnog. Really? No. <laughs> oh, I was like, man, so fancy. No, I had some uh, apple cider with a a wee dram of Fireball in it earlier, just as a little treat after dinner. I too am trying to get a little more healthy, so I probably <laughs> should cut that out, or at least reduce the amount that I'm drinking. There's a lot of sugar in there. Got cutting out. So I, I've cut out coffee for the most part. I'll have like one or two cups in the morning, but I don't really drink any after noon anymore. Um, I'm cutting out booze to the best of my ability, <laughs> which means most of the booze uh, is good. Cut out. I'll probably drink for recording and stuff like that. But oh, I'm so honored. Not, what was that? Nothing. Go ahead. And uh, yeah, trying to trying to snack less. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think snacking less is going to be a tough one, especially at work, because we have a lot of snacks. But, you know. Well, good luck. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> We're so good at this. Well, the next big event in women's soccer in the United States is coming up. That's the NWSL draft at the NSCA convention in less than two weeks it's well it starts on the 14th so very very soon it's just about a week away uh, the draft is on the 15th though right yeah because i'm bad at calendars which is why i'm not actually going to baltimore is because i'm bad at calendars oh and nwsl released the list today of players who have submitted themselves for the draft so far although it's not deadline so the initial list is 145 players it could grow a little bit from now, probably top, you know, 150 by the time that deadline rolls around. And there's mm -hmm. 40 picks in the draft. Yeah, but the NWSL teams have never used all of the draft picks ever in a rookie draft. 40 picks total. There's no guarantee mm -hmm. that 40 players will get drafted. There might be some trades going around. Uh, I think that's going to be the big 
the big component of next week is figuring out who's going to be making what move. Um, I think the 14th is going to be a big day for that. I think the 15th is going to be just kind of everybody actually showing their hands, uh, seeing, you know, does Portland really walk away with number one and number two picks? Um, can they actually sign Lindsay Horan and get, uh, give that number 10 spot, that number 10 pick to Orlando. Um, because I think that Warren signing needs to come through for the timber or for the timbers for the thorns to give up that number 10 pick. Right now we're coming up on Thursday, like a week away from the draft. And that's got to be the news that the thorns keep teasing. Uh-huh. Right. So, so then I, I just, I, I feel in my gut, my gut, that's really, really sore tonight, but I feel in my gut that the thorns have more up their sleeve than just that one key element. I mean, I, I fully anticipate they're going to use the number one pick to pick out Emily Sonnet. I mean, Merritt Paulson, uh, all but, all but <laughs> gave up the ghost. He, he literally made a sonnet pun on Twitter. He did, didn't he? Yeah. So to to Sarah to pickle, yes, Sarah Gerke. Yeah, of of all people who who adores puns, <sighs> unfortunately, right? And so there's no doubt that the Thorns are going to do that. But I I don't I don't anticipate they're actually going to use their number two pick. I think that they're going to trade the number two pick in some sort of package deal, probably to Laura Harvey, <laughs> for a win. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the, we'll give you the number two pick. If at some point in the season, Laura, you go easy on us. (laughs) At some point in the season, you bench both Fishlock and little. Wow. I mean, that would be pretty obvious. No. uh, Yeah. Unless she makes them both get like yellow card accumulation (laughs) or something like that. You know, just tell her, I want you to go out there and stomp on somebody. Get yourself carded out. Laura will agree to that and then play. It'll be a, a Portland Seattle uh, match. It's the very last match of the season. And it won't even matter because Seattle will already be in. God damn it. Why am I always so angry at Laura Harvey? Because she's done a lot of awful things to you. I know. <laughs> but she's done awful things to all of us, Gab. So you're not I know. special. I'm not special. She's no, spread the pain special. around pretty evenly. Like just, just fertilizer in which she can grow the seeds of her winds. It's not good. It's not good at all. Okay. Well, speaking of the rain, uh, so I'm looking at the draft order as of mid December, and I'm pretty sure that nothing has changed since then. Maybe something. My memory is so <laughs> terrible. Maybe Boston did a thing. Maybe. <laughs> I don't even. A lot has happened over the holidays. I I had the most bizarre, insane holidays. Like, um, not like a fun insane. Not no, like not like a fun insane. Insane. Like a like a. If my life were a movie, it would be an Oscar-winning drama that was hard to watch. Like, yeah, it would it would basically be like August Osage County or whatever movie that was. That but was just like all Asian people and no whites. <laughs> so. So the rain are going fourth in the first round, fourth overall, and there's some decent top 10 picks here, but it it also depends on what Seattle needs. Now, Steph Cox has retired. I think their midfield is pretty set. 
Havana Salon seems to be coming back from injury. I think she's training in Florida somewhere. I read a tweet that she was training. So finally, she might be recovering from all that shitty luck from last year. God, it was horrible. I know. So do you think Laura Harvey's maybe looking for a fullback? Yeah, I think CL's defense is going to need some support. I think Lopez was was pretty awesome, Steph Cox. I think she was uh, pretty good back there. Um, I could see Laura Harvey going with somebody younger. Uh, I could also see Laura Harvey bringing in international because she loves them to death. Uh, the only hard part with bringing in internationals this year is, is you know, with the Olympics. It's the exact same issue we had last year. So you don't necessarily want to stack stack your team full of internationals, Portland. <laughs> yeah. Although Mark one thing, Parsons. One thing here to consider is Megan Rapinoe tore ACL. May oh, not be yeah. done in time for the Olympics. She'll definitely be out for the first part of the season. But... I don't know. Do you think Megan Rapinoe is out for the rest of the NWSL season as well? Or she recovers but can't make the Olympics, but is still around for like, you know, the last month of of Seattle's season? So if I'm going to be completely honest, uh-huh. um, I don't want Megan Rapinoe playing at Memorial coming off of an ACL injury. Okay. I think that's um, fair. I don't think that that's a reasonable expectation. Um, but, you know, we, we saw how hard Allie Krieger worked. We saw how, how much she put in to, to try to come back and essentially make the, uh, the 2012 Olympics um, after also tearing her, her ACL uh, during qualifiers. So Megan Rapino has a month more than Allie Krieger did and Allie Krieger like got booted right at the last camp possible. So I, I think, I think there is a possibility that Megan can come back from it. She's, she's dealt with ACL injuries before. It's, it's just one of those situations that's like, if she doesn't, then what? Oh, here's another thing to consider. I think Allie Krieger had a lot more motivation to recover faster and harder than Rapino did because they had just gone out of the 2011 world cup in such heartbreaking fashion but they won in 2015. So the Olympics, it's like a, yes, we want to continue this tradition of American excellence. But last time in 2012, there was a sense of we have to do this to kind of recover emotionally and mentally for ourselves. We have to win this one because, oh, man, like to just kind of put some distance between us and the bad memory of 2011. And so this yeah. time... Of course, Megan Rapinoe is a competitor, and she probably wants to play in at least one last big tournament, and the Olympics are prestigious. It's just, is there the same motivation there that Krieger might have had coming off a World Cup loss? I don't know. Probably. She's probably like, I don't give a crap that we won the World Cup. This is a new competition. I want a gold medal. Yeah, right? Like, I want to go to Rio. I want to hang out with the girls. Like, yeah. I want Or the gals. I want to I wanna have it all. And I'm going to play my wedding at the same time. <laughs> overachievers. Ugh. I know, right? God, sit down. Like, wildly Take competitive overachievers. Take a break. Enjoy some chocolate milk. Yeah. So, so let's look at the actual draft list and kind of bat around the top maybe five or ten players that we think are going to go here so we know portland has number one portland has number two i don't think they're actually going to use it but i think somebody is going to going to pick up uh doniak mackenzie doniak oh yeah mackenzie doniak like somebody's absolutely going to pick her up the 
the top two players are, are both from Virginia, which which I find very interesting, um, considering how Virginia did at the tournament this year. They still did well, I guess, um, losing to Rutgers, who who made it into the Final Four. But uh, you know that doesn't necessarily speak ill of of these two players. I, I think they're both excellent. Been watching a few of the highlights of them over the last couple of weeks, uh, getting ready for this podcast actually. Yeah, Doing Mackenzie, my homework. Mackenzie Doniak, that's a name that's been floating around for a while now. She's a scorer. Looking at the list of NWSL teams in round one and who needs, you know, a, a, a forward, I don't necessarily know that any of the teams would really turn her down. No, I, I don't think anybody would, which is why I think Portland has amazing capital with that number two pick. Yeah. Sky Blue FC would probably definitely take her. They need a lot of things, including a coach. <laughs> Don't laugh, it's me. <laughs> Look, they got turned down by two coaches already. It's, haven't they suffered enough? Who the hell is going to make their decisions next week? Their GM. Yeah, and then you're going to have a coach come in and be like, fuck this shit. Maybe Laura Harvey might say no. She's got her own plans. Looking at the dash, I mean, they they also just picked Chioma Ubagagu from Arsenal, who I am really psyched, actually, to see in NWSL. I want to see if she does well here. I think, you know, with, with Randy Waldrum, he's a coach who can... Uh, there, there are certain coaches who you, who you trust at least to not fuck it up too badly. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, you also come from Boston, where how many coaches have you guys gone through? Not that many. Two? Two. We've only gone through two in three years. <laughs> in three years. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them didn't even last a whole season. Actually, I guess we've done three if you count Cat Whitehall as player coach. Uh, I didn't, but I guess we should. Anyway, so I don't necessarily see Houston wanting to pick up Doniak either. Uh, the Washington Spirit, I mean, the Spirit have Crystal Dunn, but yes, she will be gone for the Olympics. I mean... She better be. <laughs> if Crystal Dunn isn't on that Olympic roster, I will burn U.S. soccer headquarters to the ground. Right? Like, we will go to Chicago. We will do a two drunk bands on the doorstep <laughs> of the U.S. soccer house. Coming at you live, because we can't record and post later from jail. <laughs> <laughs> that will be our only live show yeah. as they are hauling us away. But then again, they also did pick up Katie Stengel from Germany. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'd be looking for a partner for her. Once again, <laughs> the spirit don't necessarily jump out at me either. FC Casey. Right. FC Kansas City. God, FC Casey is a shell. With Amy Rodriguez out for probably most of the season based on the timing of her announcement. Yeah, I, I could see FC Kansas City wanting to pick up a, a strong forward. I could see The Flash yeah. maybe wanting to pick up a strong forward. Oh, God. The Flash. But we're already down to pick number eight and nine, and I don't know if Doniak's going to drop that deep. No, she won't. So There's no way. There's, there's no way she's going to drop that deep without an like without a deal being made. Yeah. Um, possibly kind of that thing that happened to Boston where everyone knew they wanted Stephanie McCaffrey, but the Red Stars picked ahead 
and they essentially held McCaffrey hostage and forced to deal with the breakers. That was fun. <laughs> Poor Boston. That was a fun time. <laughs> so many fun things happened to Boston. I mean, look, it was a shrewd trade. Shrewd trades happen. It's just part of the game. It doesn't mean I have to like it. So fun. Yeah, it's it's kind of like diving. Ugh. <sighs> I'm gig I'm giggly tonight. I'm sorry. You are giggly. It's the endorphins, bro. The endorphins. It is the endorphins. They're making me happy. So <clears throat> Doniak and Sonnet are big ones. Kari Ricaro is another one who I could see possibly going over Doniak, depending on what the team's drafting need. So uh Kari Ricaro's a defender instead of a forward. You know who's pretty far down the list that I thought would be a bigger target this year is Katie Bowen. Oh, from New Zealand. Yeah, and from North Carolina. Yeah, UNC. Yeah. And for some reason, like, had we recorded this at the beginning of last season or last year during the draft, I would have said she would be the top pick. Huh. Um, for top at- defender, I would should say. Well, besides Sonnet, I guess. Looking, but- yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh... I don't pay as much attention to the women's game in college as I should. But yeah, I feel like a year ago, if you had asked me to place Bowen and Sonnet on a list, maybe I would have put Bowen higher. Yeah. But she is probably one of the top 10 names out there floating around. So yeah, she'll definitely go in the draft. Assuming... Oh, for sure. For sure. And will she count as an international? She should, yes. Okay, I just wasn't sure if she had, like, dual residency or dual citizenship. So I think Katie Bowen will also go in the first round. She's pretty versatile. She's performed, you know, fairly consistently over her college career. It's, once again, not a case of, uh, you know, having one breakout season with some good stats. And the rest was average, which means, you know, hoping that you can continue that streak through your, you know, coaching them up to end your cell level. So what's our goalkeeper situation like in the NWSL? Is every team actually covered with an with two good goalkeepers? Do you do you think that a goalkeeper will go in the first or second round? Let's look at the goalkeepers who have declared. I mean the only name recognition I have is Abby Smith. Abby Smith out of UT Austin. Yeah, she's I, a goal scorer. I can <laughs> Well, they like goal scoring GKs in Portland, so Yeah, we do. Abby Smith, Haberlin from UNC. There are a lot of GKs declaring for this draft as well. Like, yeah. I just don't know if we even have the d- need. I could see a UNC goalkeeper going to Orlando. There, I just did a quick count and in like 23 about goalkeepers declared for this draft. That is very, very optimistic. Boston's set because they signed Libby Stout and they still have Jamie Cranich as backup goalkeeper. And then Chicago. <laughs> Fuck Chicago. Oh God. They've got Alyssa Nair. <laughs> Although, Alyssa Nair may go to the... I mean, I'm still holding out hope that Alyssa Nair will be on the Olympic roster, but it'll probably be Hope Solo and Ashlyn Harris. But maybe yeah. Alyssa Nair will be on that roster, but it'll probably be Hope Solo and Ashlyn Harris. <laughs> they, they get some alternates. She might be a GK oh. alternate. I could see that. But then Chicago still has Michelle Dalton, who's, you know, True. pretty solid as backup. Yeah, not too shabby. But if Chicago is anticipating Nair will be gone, but only for like a month. So, I mean, the Houston Dash did lose Aaron McLeod. Truth. She's going to Europe. 
But they have Bianca Henninger. Yeah, but they need number two. Yeah, so they might pick up a number two. I could see that. It's all about the number two. <laughs> uh, a healthy number two is vital to quality of life. I think so. Healthy number two really, really tells you the health of your entire team. <laughs> you need, you need, you need to track and Stop. monitor your number Stop. two. Stop! You're forcing it. You shouldn't force number <laughs> two. Okay, don't force the number two discussion. <laughs> Nicole Barnhart's probably returning to SCKC, but <laughs> come on, dude, work with me here. I, I, Just... love, I love how you try. I love how you try to keep going. Trying real hard. Trying to push through. <laughs> what but... team needs more number two? FCKC <laughs> might need a backup because they, they're still going to have Barney, Nicole Barnhart. God, Nicole Barnhart, man. She's held together with duct tape. But she seems to be okay at FCKC, even if she can't take goal kicks anymore. Oh, for sure. And more power to her. Yeah, I mean, if her if her ankles can be, you know, taped up entirely. I think Orlando will be fine. They have Ashlyn, and even if she's gone, they also have Aubrey Bledsoe. Although, who knows? Tommy may want to pick up uh, a number three for while Ashlyn is gone, or to develop. God, you know how Tom likes developing number twos. <laughs> and how, how's portland's goalkeeper situation if you can stop laughing long enough to talk about portland's goalkeepers i'll let you stay on this episode of the podcast the portland goalkeeping situation is amazing yeah uh we actually have two really solid goalkeepers i think french is gonna is gonna take number one spot and we're gonna have betos be our number two mm-hmm. um and, you know, there's been some talk about, you know, does Betos deserve to be a starter? And I think if she does, it might be for a different club. Um, I would take French any day of the week over Betos. But <clears throat> I think Betos, uh, Betos makes an excellent number two, especially if Audi French uh, gets back involved in the women's national team. And then Seattle, uh, the Seattle Reign have Hope Solo and Haley Kottmeyer who's currently down in Australia and seems to do fine whenever Hope is out of town. But yeah. they waived Caroline Stanley, their like third place or developmental goalkeeper in December of last year. So last year, like it's only six days <laughs> like into 2016. They, they waived her last month. Yeah, it was like less than a month ago. <laughs> so yeah, they... We're not even a week in. Knowing that Hope will be gone, they may pick up a, th- a, a third to be safe. Who they can call up just in case. Sky blue. <laughs> oh Stop. boy. I can't even take them seriously anymore. Two coaches? This is bad when you have like a Pavlovian reaction to the phrase sky blue FC. And that is to laugh. <laughs> ah, Mufasa. In case you haven't heard, uh, an, app, an article came out, I think in Big Apple Soccer. And it dropped this little tidbit kind of buried in the article that two coaches have passed on sky blue fc's head coach position already which is some inauspicious news anyway on the goalkeeper front (laughs) it's just it's one of those things it's just like fuck man but how are we expanding but now the washington spirit picked up uh our or are rumored to be picking up steph labay from the canadian women's national team she's coming back from europe yeah, to replace Ashlyn Harris as their number one. 
So it, she would is be. Is it like did she actually sign, or is that just the rumor mill? It's the rumor mill. Oh, okay. But I think it's a pretty strong rumor. Sure. And then Kelsey, if you're wa- talking, if you're willing to talk about it, it's got to be a fantastic rumor. Yeah, sure. I don't speculate wildly all the time. <laughs> well, I feel like you either speculate like really wildly, like I do. Uh huh. But then, as it gets closer to being actual, you you tighten that rein a little bit. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Like wild speculation is one thing. Wild speculation is saying that, you know, Laura Harvey is a lizard person sent here to dominate humankind. Yes. Eventually. I think Steph LeBay is going to be allocated by Canada to the spirit, and they're going to have Kelsey Weiss as a backup. And then, but then again, LeBay might be gone for the Olympics as well, because Karina LeBlanc is retired. Aaron McLeod's number one, Steph LeBay is number two for the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So once again, this is a case of maybe... Washington wants to pick up a solid number three. And then the Flash. So you know how I giggle with Sky Blue? <laughs> you do it with the Flash, too. No, I go womp womp whenever you mention the Flash. <laughs> that's that's the soundtrack in my head. I think Western New York is fine on the goalkeeper front because they've got Sabrina D'Angelo and uh, Chantelle Jones. Although the thing is, D'Angelo may end up going as an alternate for Canada. I think she's kind of their number three at the moment. So yeah, there's actually a decent amount of room for teams who want to pick up, you know, a third goalkeeper because of Olympic absences or they've got room on the roster right now, but still, you know, 23 goalkeepers on that list right now. And maybe some more after the, before the deadline passes that that's still a rough, if three or four goalkeepers get drafted, that's still only, what, about 20%? You have one in five yeah. chance? Not great odds. No, it's not great odds. But, I mean, I think they're just throwing their hat in the ring. See see what teams, who's interested. And they they can always go to go to training camps and, and uh, you know, open calls and, and things things of that nature. It, it would be nice uh, to see some of these younger goalkeepers come in and stop bringing in so many internationals just because I, I think that that's an area that we need to uh, develop a little bit more is our goalkeeping game domestically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I think if we get, you know, two or three goalkeepers drafted, that's that's pretty good. Agree. I think Abby Smith will probably get picked up by somebody. Please don't be Portland. Please don't be Portland. <laughs> Not sure about Aberlin, but maybe. So to to close our discussion of the draft, what do you hope your team picks up from this? If anyone at all. I hope that Portland picks up Sonnet, trades the number two pick, and maybe somebody else. Like I hope Portland is the wizard that I know that they can be. And I hope that Portland goes in and raids the draft in such a way that other teams are left with their heads spinning. Okay. I don't have I don't have high expectations for Portland, but that's that's it. I want them to razzle and dazzle Laura fucking Harvey. <laughs> this sounds more like what you want to happen to Laura Harvey than what you hope for Portland. <laughs> no, I really do want Portland to like razzle dazzle. Dude, we have acquired so much capital. Cash that in. Like there's no fucking way that it's all going to work out given the personnel that we have right now. Yeah. Boston's probably not going to get much out of this draft, which is by design. I think they've made it very clear that they're intending to rebuild this year 
based on trades and internationals and strengthening the roster that way instead of having to train up anybody um, from coming up from college. So maybe they might pick one, maybe two draftees, but it's certainly not going to be like last season where they drafted five fucking players and then <laughs> signed one of them. Wasn't that a rebuild season too? That was rebuild season, and the season before it was supposed to be a rebuild season. So, oh. well, a wise man once told me that it takes a coach three years. Oh my god! It's to basically build a championship team. So it's, ve- it's very apt for Boston, where some part of the city is always fucking under construction. Okay, <clears throat> so why don't you leave in the comments what you hope your team gets out of this draft, and we'll see if those things pan out for you come the NFCAA convention where one drunk fan will be because Gab doesn't understand calendars. <laughs> but at the, worst. at the NSCA convention, we're hoping to get some guests on the podcast who will give us all a good time. Give you a good time. You're you're hoping we get some guests on the podcast that give you a good time. Give us all, I mean, it'll be for the benefit of us all. True. You just have to keep it in the podcast. Yeah. You can't edit that shit out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What did you want to talk about next, Gab? Uh, so one thing that happened a little while ago that we never really talked about was Abby's last game. The, the last U.S. Women's National Team match of 2015, uh, which was played in New Orleans. Uh, you could probably say New Orleans better than I can. Nobody says Nolans. It's just New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans? No. New Orleans. <laughs> Um, where they played China, and they lost <laughs> on home turf for the first time since 2004. You know what? That streak was meaningless. It really was. Oh, absolutely. It was. It was a. It was a loaded streak. And I think it was actually very apropos that this happened. It was totally symbolic. Even Abby Wambach admitted at the end they were trying to pump the ball to her to get her to score in her last game for about 70 minutes, and it cost them the game. And I thought it was actually pretty decent of her to admit it and be like, they probably shouldn't have done that. They were just trying to be nice to me. And I think it's, you know, it's fine. They wanted to give their teammate this final gift and screw the streak or whatever. The streak doesn't... Streaks are made to be broken. Streaks are meant to be rebuilt. Forget Abby. For three start, weeks, start anyway. A new, start a new legacy. Until she yeah. reactivates her Twitter. The streak was a 104 match unbeaten, uh, which had existed since November 6, 2004. Wow. Uh, unbeaten. So there were plenty of draws in there. Uh-huh. Um, I know I've, I've seen my fair share of them here in the United States. But uh, it, it, was, it was one of those things where, you know, as soon as I saw the scoreline, I just laughed. I was just like, really, China? Although, of, of all teams, although China has been rebuilding, they kind of went through this fallow period, you know, kind of after the era of Sun Wen was over, and they've been rebuilding steadily leading up to this World Cup. Uh, I think they did okay in the World Cup. They've got a young team. They're trying to create an attacking team. They hired um, Bruno Bini, the former French coach, although personally, I think he's a little bit of a pig. But, you know, he's trying to bring the team up to a modern standard. And it, I think it's he, they're showing results for it. So, you know, it wasn't the most outlandish team to lose to. 
No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the most outlandish, especially of the teams that they played in this victory tour. <laughs> yeah, I said it, but it it was it was this thing that I I think the victory tour uh, accomplished a few things. Number one, generating revenue. Uh, number two, pissing Hawaiians off. Uh, number three, <laughs> really sparking the discussion of do we even need this? Do we even need to be playing? these types of matches uh, when players are coming into camp and off of vacation, spending three days going out being the Harlem Globetrotters. Like is, is, are these matches even worth it? Is it growing the game to play these games in cities that don't have women's soccer teams in general to support? When I talk about the problem of growing women's soccer, every single time I tend to come at it from two directions and one of them is the top-down direction because there's still an overall lack of awareness about women's soccer in this country so i i think there is a little bit of trickle-down effect there where awareness of the national team does help a little bit on the the club level especially now that you have broadcast crews like leslie osborne and cat whitehill and heather mitts and all of them doing her best to say NWSL now and bring up club teams and talk about Kristen Press plays for the Red Stars, just scored a hat trick. So in that sense, do we need them a little bit? I agree. We need the, we need domestic friendlies. I I completely agree. Uh, I don't think that that element of the program needs to disappear. I just don't know if a 10 game victory tour celebration thing. I mean, this, this comes back to a lot of things that we've been talking about in previous episodes, um, which were essentially, you know, was playing all as many games on bad artificial turf worth it. I think you're right. Could in that- this have been more well thought out, I guess is my overarching point. Yeah. That's almost to the word what I was going to say. Do we need this? Yes. Do we need it to be better planned? Also, yes. Yeah. Uh, U.S. Soccer, call me. Um, I will gladly send you a resume. I'm really good at planning things. I thought you said you were bad at calendars. (sighs) Damn it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I could not in good conscience go on LinkedIn and endorse you for calendars. Stop it. <laughs> I thought it was on Monday. I thought I thought the draft was on Monday. And I was like, ooh, I can do that. I can go to Baltimore for the weekend. I'll fly on Friday. I'll be there Monday. Then I'll go to fucking Alaska. No, the NWSL draft is on a Friday. When has it ever been on a Friday? Wasn't it on a Friday last time? Stop it. I swear it's been on MLK Day no, for like the last three because years. Because the NWSL draft is during the... NFCAA conference, which tends to start midweek and then go through the weekend, right? I'm pretty sure that's a thing. I'm pretty sure I've been hanging out with my buddies for MLK weekend, and I've had to wake up early to, like, track it on my phone. Uh, yeah, I guess last year it was on a Thursday. Damn it, that doesn't prove my point at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop it. And then in 2014, it was a Friday. Damn it. Stop it. (laughs) You can stop fact-checking me now. Yeah, but clearly cramming four games into the first half of December was less than ideal. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that it was actually bad. Just straight up bad. Well, it was only only three games, though, stuff. Oh, oh, okay. We're going to, (laughs) okay. 
But yes, I agree with the cramming. The cramming is bad. You don't want to cram a victory tour into the calendar. Cramming, you just shove too much in there. Things get a little bit constipated. Get a little bit backed up. Yeah. You're just pushing too hard. and And then next thing you know, Megan Rapinoe's torn her ACL. Yeah, in Hawaii. At least that's a cool story. Like, yeah, bro, I was in Hawaii and I tore my ACL. And people will be like, oh, do you surf? And she's like, nah, I play soccer. She should tell them all that she got it, like, surfing pipeline or something. I know, seriously, like, the North Shore. She should be like, yeah, you ever seen that movie Blue Crush? It was exactly like that, right down to the all-girl posse. Well, in closing, it sucks that there won't be two of us at the draft, but I will be there. And... I think we're going to aim to do something on Friday night, well after the draft. Maybe a meetup somewhere around the Baltimore Convention Center, that part of town. Trade some war stories, have a few drinks, sing a few songs. There won't be any singing from me. There will absolutely be singing from you. Yeah, I will definitely tweet that out. On the day of the convention, when plans are more solidified, there's already going to be a lot of people in town. If you're in the area, you should think mm-hmm. about coming because NSCAA is the best party in town. Really? Yeah. It's Baltimore's the best. kind of fun, dude. NSCAA is the best soccer party of the year. There's uh, so much going NWSL on. NWSL final is pretty awesome. I'll, yeah, I will say, I if I want to compare party levels then I have partied way more at NWSL finals than at NSCA conventions. But that's because there's so much to do at the NSCA con. So much to do. You can't sneeze without hitting somebody you'd want to interview. Well, I think it's a little different then between you and me because I don't really want to interview those people. I just want to grab a drink with them. I mean, you can just, you'll just run into Laura Harvey. You'll just run into Rory Dames. You'll just mm. run into Brianna Scurry. Have fun, dude. Yay, I'm so good at randomly running into athletes. (laughs) Hi, my name is Stephanie. Your name is Stephanie. That's not how it went. Get it right. (laughs) Hello, Stephanie. Stephanie. I am also Stephanie. Stephanie. Let's relive that. that. Let's relive that every episode. I know I have to keep telling you how the conversation went because you keep forgetting because you were born in 1943. (laughs) God damn it. I was just about to say that is our new joke to replace the fucking 1943 joke. No. No, nothing's going to replace that because I'm going to have to keep reminding you because of your bad memory. I'm, so I'm bad at calendars. I have, I'm good at remembering. I'm bad at calendars. Anyway, hope to see you at the NSCA convention. As always, leave your comments, questions, thoughts in, uh, in the comments to this episode, and we'll try to get to them on the next episode or on Twitter. We'll, we'll get to them at some point. We'll get to them at some point. Yep, we're good at getting to them at some point. That, is that what you want to tell U.S. Soccer, really? No, I really want U.S. Soccer to call me. Okay. Maybe. I'm sure they will. Sunil's probably listening to this podcast right now. I'm sure it's auto-loading on his phone every time we publish. Oh, yeah. he's He subscribed to, you know, our RSS feed, so. <laughs> because iTunes wants nothing to do with us. Hi, Mr. Galati. We've got a couple suggestions for U.S. Soccer, but we'll take them offline. So, until next yeah. time... Uh, enjoy the draft. <laughs>